You're locked into the Despirito Team Real Estate Show with host and top realtor Emilio Despirito on News Radio 920 and 1047 FM. We're talking with industry leaders about real estate trends, money making tips, and advice on buying and selling the American dream. Now, here's Emilio Despirito. Hey, good morning. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Emilio Despirito, and this is the Despirito Team Real Estate Show. Whether you're watching us live on Facebook or you are listening in the car or at home. We appreciate you being here with us. So this is your show all about real estate. And uh, we're going to talk with you about the ins and outs of buying, selling, investing, what to do in between and, uh, and, and the whole nine. Okay. So we've got on some awesome professionals with us today. Later on, we'll have Melissa Delano with Delano Law, as well as uh, Michael Auger with Patriot Home Inspections. And of course, Jennifer Jaber with ariblogger.com talking about our top uh, five events here in Rhode Island. So you know, I wanted to jump into something that's near and dear to to what I do. I love doing it, right? My team and I, we love listing homes, okay? And it's car car dealerships do this, and most homeowners don't. What is it? It's simple. They get the car showroom ready. And it might sound like, oh, okay, all right. Like, all right, they get the car, they get the car showroom ready. They put it out there and they get what? They get top dollar for that car, right? So you're like, well, it's a house. It's not a car. Exactly. It's a house and it's worth a hundred times more than a car. So why are so many sellers just slapping their home on the market with, you know, saying, hey, let me just find any realtor. I'm going to use any realtor that I find, or I'm just going to use a friend of a friend. I'm going to put it on the market and uh, I'm not going to worry about getting it ready. I'm just going to go ahead and, you know, just slap it on the market, see what happens. They're losing so much time and so much money because guess what? The internet is your showroom, right? So you need to make sure your home is sparkling clean. What can you do? What are some tips you can do to get your home showroom ready? Number one, make sure that the curb appeal is looking right, right? Make sure to look, pull up to your house, right? And look at your house, look at your home or your investment property from a buyer's perspective. And, you know, it's all the little things. It's like the cobwebs in the corner, you know, where the, the, the sconce, the light sconce is. Or, you know, do you have weeds everywhere? Do, you, do, do the beds need mulching? Even in the fall, your property should look really good. And, you know, even when the trees, the, not the trees, the leaves come down, you really want to be focusing on any curb appeal you can get because, Everyone else listing isn't. So your house needs to pop. Okay. Another suggesting for uh, sellers to make their home showroom ready is to make sure that your real estate agent hires a professional photographer. And one of the best photos you can take when listing a home, especially when there's not a ton of greenery and, and wonderful fall curb appeal after the fact, you're going to want to use twilight photos. This is when the sun is coming down in the back and you got a beautiful shot of the house with the lights on in the home, and it's just just makes for a really beautiful photo, okay? So again, number one, curb appeal. Number two is going to be, we're always, we're always uh, suggesting this, is, is a preliminary title check. Now, this is something that buyers don't see, but it comes up later on. Have an attorney that you're working with run a preliminary title check on your property, because guess what? This is Rhode Island. Properties change hands, um, and sometimes... They don't get recorded right, okay? So if they're not getting recorded right with the town, it can be a, a problem later on down the road that could delay or end a closing. We've seen 
you know, closings blow up because of this. Okay. So number two is that preliminary title check. Number three, okay, going back into the look of things, you're going to want to make sure you walk into your property and you stage it. So it doesn't mean you bring in an expensive home stager. It just means you simplify your home. You make it a blank template, right? It's easy. So start with depersonalizing, take down all those photos of you and your family. And by the way, here's a tip. If you have a ton of photos of you on vacation and whatnot, you're going to want to take those down because buyers are going to think you have money to burn. And if you have money to burn, they might come in with a lower offer. It's all it's all psychology, right? It's kind of crazy to think like that, but savvy buyers are going to do that. They're going to be like, hey, look, they're in the Bahamas. They are in Tahiti. They're over here. They're over there. You know what? These people can afford maybe a lower offer. I don't know. Or maybe with all those vacations, they can't afford the lower offer. I don't know. Um, so there's that. And then what you want to do as well is you want to look at the furniture placement. And it may make sense to you how it's placed. Um, but one of the biggest things I've learned from interior designers is when you're walking in a room, right? A lot of living rooms are like this. You walk into the house, you got the living room on your left or in front of you. There's usually like a couch or something with the back of the couch facing you to kind of make like a, a hallway or something for people to walk by. Don't do that. When you're looking at the back of furniture, it's not inviting, okay? A lot of people feel it's not inviting, and when you put the, this sounds simple, but it makes sense, and no one does this, when you put the couches towards the walls, like, you know, the window wall or the, the other wall, and you have a center, full center walkway, it makes the room pop. It makes it look so much bigger, and the photos look that much better. So that's a simple thing you can do. And your real estate professional should be walking you through this, okay? The good ones will. The good ones will go in and say, hey, take this table out, take this end table out over here, move this couch over here, let's store this. Oh, you don't have storage or you don't have a basement? That's fine. You're going to want to call GMAT's Moving and Storage or you're going to want to call Rent Sons or somebody like that that can come in, move this stuff out and store it for you, okay? So other than that, there's your pre-list home inspections. Now, this is something that I encourage everyone selling to do because during the transaction, okay, I want you to put your, your buyer hat or your buyer's shoes on, right? You're a buyer now. You're looking at a ton of properties. You're looking at 10 different properties and you walk into, you know, nine of these properties and, and you have the same question. You're like, you know, this, this house has septic system. I wonder, you know, we were looking at houses with sewer. We know that's all good. That's easy. Um, it's going to pass, but this one here has a septic system. It's 15 to 20 grand to replace this system. If something goes wrong, I'm kind of nervous about this. Or, you know what, this how the roof looks kind of old, the plumbing, the, 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 the furnace is old, the electrical is a little old. So why not, as the seller, alleviate those concerns of buyers and hand them a full-blown home inspection report? You see, on the Desperado team, we have the Certified Home Program. And what the Certified Home Program is, it, it, what it is, is basically when you go to a, a car dealership, they do a like a 23-point inspection of a $10,000 car. It's all squeaky clean and shined up, right? So what our philosophy is, is if your house is squeaky clean, all shined up, staged, pictured very well, and you have the Certified Home Program in place where you've done the structural, mechanical, and pest inspections as well as the preliminary title check, as well as a septic and well inspection, now you've just alleviated so many concerns of so many buyers, and you've taken any kind of negotiations off of the table 
that would come up later on because you fixed the red flags. Okay, there's going to be stuff that is going to be non-negotiable. Like if you have crappy water quality, a buyer is going to want that done. Buyer is going to want that filtered, and they're going to want healthy water for their family. So if you know they're going to ask about that later, you might as well fix it up front and make a beautiful display, a beautiful product for you to sell. Because your home, while it's your home, is a product, and we need to market it, and we need to make sure that it is saleable. Okay, so how does that put more money in your pocket? Simple. Okay, because buyers, when they're asking for repairs, first off, they're asking, they're asking who knows who they're asking, right? They're usually coming in at three dollars for every one dollar worth of actual repairs. Okay, that's a lot of money. So it's three times the expense. Never mind if you're the seller and you got to get and you have to pay for. Those repairs to get done. Now you're running at last minute trying to find these contractors who are so slammed. If you know any contractors, they're making the big bucks. And let me tell you something: the kids I went to school with—they're not kids anymore—but the people that I went to school with that were smart enough not to listen to everybody and went into the trades, the electricians, the plumbers, the carpenters. They are banking it right now, and good for them. You know, we need more people. Masons, try to find a mason. You can't. So the point being is, you're running around, you're scurrying around, trying to find someone to do this stuff, and you're gonna pay more to get it done faster. For them to skip you ahead of these other jobs, so you can make your closing on time, you're gonna pay. You're gonna pay. That is what it is. So you want to do this stuff all ahead of time, if you can. All right. So again, let's just do a quick recap、um, to make sure that your home is squeaky clean, presentable, showroom ready, like the car dealerships do with cars. It's simple. We're going to go ahead and look at the, the the curb appeal. Number one, you're going to go ahead and hire a professional photographer. Number two, right? You're going to go ahead and do a preliminary title check. Number three, you're going to stage the property. Number four. And、uh, number five, you're going to go ahead and do a full-blown pre-list home inspection, and that is the way to sell your home for absolute top dollar here in Rhode Island, Massachusetts, or any of the other lovely 50 states. So, I'm Emilio Desperado. This is the Desperado Team Real Estate Show. We're happy that you're here today, and、uh, we're going to be right back after a quick commercial break. We've got Melissa Delena coming in the studio, and we're going to be talking about short sales. Um, they are coming back. We are seeing them. If you don't know what a short sale is, stay tuned. We'll be right back. I'm Emilio Desperado. This is News Radio 920 1047 FM. Now back to the Desperado Team Real Estate Show on News Radio 920 and 1047 FM. Also available as a podcast on iHeartRadio. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. I'm Emilio Desperado. This is the Desperado Team Real Estate Show. Your show all about buying, selling, investing, what to do in between. We've got on some top tier professionals, and in the studio with us today, we've got Melissa Delena, as promised, with Delena Law. What's up, Melissa?、Uh, good morning. Thank you for having us. Good morning. Love having you on here.、Uh, appreciate it. I love the fact that your father didn't know we were on YouTube. I know. I know. We've had some <laughs> some clients come through via the YouTube video, so we're excited. That's awesome. Of course, you know it's a great platform. Thanks to all of our listeners on Facebook Live, as well as our listeners on the radio. Appreciate you being here, and you can check it all out at facebook.com/backslash/desperado-team.、Uh, ton of great content. So, Melissa, so you know,、um, as the market has been changing a little、mm -hmm. bit, we're kind of seeing some signs of what had happened from I'd say 2010 to 2013, 14. Right. 
Um, there's a lot of people that bought their homes and they're either selling quickly because of either a divorce or mm -hmm. because they realize they don't want the house or maybe the house is haunted. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> or, you know, very, a variety of things right. are changing. So people are, are selling homes a lot quicker now. Mm -hmm. They don't have equity or they're in a financial hardship. Right. And even in this great economy, there's a small percentage of people going through this. Absolutely. I mean, some people just bought and overextended themselves. Yeah. You know, so they may realize, hey, we bought off, you know, bit off more than we can chew. We're actually in a position where we really just need to unload this house that we bought a year ago or two years ago. Mm -hmm. And, you know, although the market has been consistently strong, when you factor in the costs that are associated with their sale, they may be at a place where they're just barely breaking even. Sure. Um, I actually had a client that I closed last week, and she bought the house about a year ago. Um, she did walk away with some equity, which was great. But in the interim, she put solar panels on the house. Oh, did she lease them? Yes. It was ah, a very well. It was a purchase, but they put a lien against the property. It was okay. a UCC, so it was a very major expense, over forty thousand. UCC. Can you explain that? Yeah. Real so quick? UCC is governed by the Uniform Commercial Code, and this is basically where creditors are allowed to put liens against fixtures. And those do uh, end up getting recorded in the city and towns in order to secure the title. So we had to pay off not only her first mortgage, but the UCC as it pertained to the solar panels. So she ended up having to bring $23,000 to the closing table in order Ooh. to make the transaction happen mm. because she just bought the house a year ago. Man, the solar panels are a long-term play, by the way. Definitely. At least five years. And, and she They're didn't great. regret it. She told me she was still going to be getting a check back from National Grid. <laughs> she was psyched um, and she was okay with it because yeah. when you think about it, Emilio, even though she had to bring 23000 to the closing, the <laughs> lien was for over forty. So you know, it seems like she was only coming out of pocket with a small percentage mm -hmm. in order to cover the free, uh, I guess, electricity that she had all that time. So, Melissa, so somebody purchased a home within the past year, two years. Sometimes, they're, depending on which market they're in, they can squeak away clean without without losing money. Absolutely. And it's really critical that as a listing agent, you're having that conversation with your client very early mm -hmm. in the listing presentation to determine, are you going to be able to walk away with no money out of pocket, a break even, or a little bit of money in your mm -hmm. pocket? Or are we in a position where the property pricing is going to trigger a short sale where you don't have any money to come out of pocket? keyword short sale there. So a lot of folks don't remember short sales or they're not familiar with the term short sale. So or, selling or there's short. there's still so much PTSD out there uh, from the previous short man. sales. <laughs> so selling short doesn't mean that it's going to be a fast like sale. No. Selling short means that the property is worth 300 and you know you owe 350. Correct. You know maybe you refinanced or mm -hmm. or it's maybe that the property is worth 300 right now and you owe 290 and you can't afford to sell it after paying for all of the expenses when selling, the transfer taxes, the real estate fees, the repairs, everything else. Precisely. So, right. Essentially, it's going to be all the additional expenses that are associated with selling the home that have to be factored in above and beyond the mortgage debt. Mm -hmm. And it's not just what the principal balance of the loan is, Emilio. I can't stress this enough to homeowners. When you're looking at your mortgage statement, if you're just looking at the principal balance, that's not the full payoff. No. And 
if you've been in a situation where you've modified your home over the course of time because perhaps there was a shortage or a, a yeah. difficulty financially and you missed some payments and they agreed to modify, you may have um, additional debt that's mm-hmm. associated with the property. And again, that may not even be showing up on your mortgage statement. You have to get a mortgage payoff when you're contemplating a sale. Absolutely. Definitely. You know, and and when you say modified, it actually reminded me of the physical modifications that we do with our homes. Mm. I tell all of my clients, I say, listen, a single family home is not an investment. You're being lied to. If somebody says a single family home is the best investment, that's not not necessarily. A single family home is like a savings bank, which is not a bad thing. Right. But a single family home, you're putting work into that property for your enjoyment and you're not going to get a hundred percent back return on investment. A, other buyers may not like your style. I hate to say sure. it. B, if the work is shoddy. C, uh, kitchens give you about a 62% return on investment. You know, so there's there's only really one thing or two things that give you 100% return on investment, a new roof or a front door. Ugh. It's the curb appeal stuff, right. right? Which is crazy, but 100%, not 110%. So with that being said, you're, you're holding on to the single family and it's supposed to be a long-term play. It's a great opportunity, yes, okay? And the average single family homeowner is worth about 195,000 versus the average renter of net worth of 5,000. So yes, I would guess that it is a good thing, but it's a long-term play. And if you're buying a house and selling it Mm. in two years or three years or one year, you may not have the equity and you may need to look at a short sale if you have to sell. Absolutely. And it really is a function of circumstance. You know, you mm-hmm. can't just be at the same job making the same money saying, you know, I just don't really love this house. I want to get out and I can afford it, but I'm just not going to live here anymore and I want to do a short sale. Because as you know, from the the uh, the days in which we did a lot more short sale work, mm-hmm. um, you really have to be able to demonstrate to the bank that there is a financial hardship and a need. So that's showing them tax returns, bank statements, pay stubs, demonstrating that you're not in a position where long term you're going to have the financial viability. Um, and one thing that we're seeing a lot of right now, Emilio, is um, homeowners that are in a position of kind of uh, financial dire straits mm-hmm. and they're not telling anybody. Yeah. So then by the time the agent gets to them and lists the house for sale, they're facing foreclosure notices. Mm -hmm. And at that point, frankly, there's not much we can do. Um, If you're already at a point of foreclosure notice, the banks are really buckling down. They're requiring that we give them a particular amount of notice and uh, lead time for them to consider a short sale. Mm. Whereas if it's already in foreclosure and you're, you know, inside 60 days of a foreclosure sale date, we may not be able to help you. And I hate to turn people away, but I need to be realistic in setting those expectations. Well, I mean, your office has helped us with a number of files. So quite recently, actually, within the past couple of days, we actually sold a property. It was a multifamily property. Okay. Our client hasn't paid his mortgage since 2014. You heard right. <laughs> 2014. Long time. Okay. So he hasn't paid his mortgage since 2014. He fell into some hardship. He just let it go. Ton of foreclosure notices coming in day after day, year after year. So he calls our friends over at Nexus Property Management, mm-hmm. right? Nexus Property Management calls us, says, hey, you got to talk with Emilio. He's who we recommend, blah, blah, blah. We got this guy out of foreclosure. It's amazing. Sold his home. He walked away with about 11 grand, okay, after listing it, selling it. So there's situations where you do not have to get foreclosed on or short sell. Right. 
And you should definitely be talking with a real estate attorney. You should definitely be talking with maybe your property manager, with your real estate agent, your financial advisor, your priest, whomever. Talk to yeah. somebody. Yeah. Don't keep these kinds of things a secret in all no. sincerity because there are so many resources around you. But you know, I think a lot of times there's shame. You know, I know Emilio and yeah. I just had a transaction where, you know, there's a lot of emotion that goes into buying and selling homes. And yeah. so often we don't even remember it because as professionals, we do this all day, every day. So it's mm -hmm. easy to forget. Um, but when you strike it down to the most raw place, these are the kinds of things that people don't want to talk about. They made the leap of buying a house and now they're taking on water. They're not mentioning it, no. you know, at parties and in their social circles. No. But bring it to someone that you can trust as an advisor so we can help you. Yeah, it's confidential. And, you know, we, we share certain stories here. We change different things, aspects of the story. And, you know, it's not, you know, it's confidential. Absolutely. You know, and, and when you're working with a professional, it's always confidential. You actually sign a form. Mm hmm that states it's confidential, which is great, right? So short sales, you know, may be a viable option for you. Again, it's if when you owe more than what the home is worth, the bank allows you to sell it, what they call short, okay? This is a long time frame, though. Melissa, how long does a typical short sale, you know, with one, I know it depends if there's one lender, right. two lenders, how long does a typical short sale with one lender Take. I would say the average short sale from the date we get an offer mm -hmm. and the seller provides us with all the documentation to submit because that's a huge cooperation question. Yep. Are the sellers furnishing us with the documents? But from the date we submit everything to the lien holder to the date of a closing on average is probably about 90 days. What? All right. So what are the so the seller doesn't end up paying anything, correct? The seller right. they they do pay actually they do pay something. They pay income taxes. We'll talk about that in a second. Sure. But let's just say if the cost to sell the property, if they're selling the property 20000 short, mm -hmm. and then they're also you know, losing another 20000 in fees, whatever it is, that's $40,000. Mm -hmm. what, what are they paying for out of all of that? So generally speaking, the sellers will pay nothing as far as the attorney's fees, the commissions, or the shortfall. Uh, there's a few caveats. One is that there are occasions where certain expenses the bank will not agree to cover, such as maybe water bills, sewer bills, if there's a motor vehicle tax. Okay. So there may Can be occasions- Can the buyer take that on? They could. All right. They could. There right. may be occasions where a seller says, you know, I owe a water bill, and we tell them, don't pay it yet. We'll yeah. see if we can get it absorbed. If not, you're prepared to pay it, and they say yes. So yeah. that's a conversation we have early on. Um, the other thing is that some short sale lenders will require some sort of financial contribution as part of the negotiation. Mm -hmm. So particularly, um, and I, I hate to drop bank names, but there's a <laughs> bank in Rhode <laughs> Island that does a lot of subsidy type loans. Yep. And very often uh, those are not going to walk away completely scot-free. There may need to be some sort of financial contribution, which can either be a lump sum or a monthly payment over time Understood. that's intended to be affordable for the homeowners after the closing. Again, mm -hmm. all things that we would talk about and work through as far as negotiation. Um, so generally speaking, though, probably about 90%, everybody, 90% uh, of our clients walk away owing absolutely nothing to anybody. Now, I do know that, and, and we got to cut to a commercial, our producers like waving me on over here. Sorry, Christina. But I, I do know that, you know, a, a few years ago, the federal government had a program in place, which is no longer in place, Correct. Uh, called the Debt Forgiveness Act. Mm -hmm. And the Debt Forgiveness Act... Um, allow, uh, allowed it so that your loss, you would normally account for that as income. Mm -hmm. So if it's a $40,000 loss for the bank, 
that would be $40,000 income Correct. on your income taxes. That's how it would be treated. Yes. You would be paying the taxes on that depending on your tax bracket. Absolutely. Right? Yep. So you got to be careful for that. You got to know all the ins and outs. And, you know, as, as someone, you know, Melissa, you were someone and I was someone that worked with a ton of short sales mm-hmm. when we were going through this. Mm-hmm. Okay. We know the ins and outs of it. Make sure if you're in this situation, try to get out of it unscathed without the short sale, without the foreclosure. But if you have to go through it, Mm -hmm. you're going to want to make sure whoever you're talking with has had experience. And there's a few. There's quite a few. Absolutely. Right. Tons of resources out there. Again, acting early and being preventative Mm -hmm. is going to help to try to mitigate those losses that you're facing um, and the potential tax consequence. And that's assuming that you're even in a short sale, like we've talked about. There's plenty of clients we've helped. We're able to get you out of it Mm -hmm. with a few bucks in your pocket or at a break-even point. So just make sure that if you are in that position, you're talking to somebody. Awesome. Appreciate having you on, Melissa. Always a pleasure. Guys, this is Melissa Delano with Delano Law. And uh, she's right out of East Greenwich covering Rhode Island in Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. And you can go ahead and uh, check out this video right here on Facebook on facebook.com backslash Despirito team. And uh, we're going to be right back. We get a cut to a quick commercial break. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Emilio Despirito. This is the Despirito Team Real Estate Show here on News Radio 920, 1047 FM, streaming on iHeartRadio WHJJ. Now back to the Despirito Team Real Estate Show on News Radio 920 and 1047 FM. Also available as a podcast on iHeartRadio. Hey, what's going on? I'm Emilio Despirito. This is the Despirito Team Real Estate Show. It's your show all about real estate, buying, selling, investing, what to do in between. We've got on industry-leading experts on the show to, to talk us through, walk us through everything. In the studio today with us, we have Melissa Delano. What's up, Melissa? Hey there. How's it going? Great. Very, very good. If you missed the last segment, we we're talking about short sales, foreclosures, what to do so you don't have to bring money to the closing table. Mm-hmm. You're going to want to check that out on facebook.com backslash Despirito Team. Melissa, um, one of the things we have our sellers do is a preliminary title check before they sell their home. Yep. Okay. Can we talk about why that is important and what could happen if they don't do it? Absolutely. So I think one of the biggest risks of not having a title search or a preliminary title search done as part of the preparation for sale is that there are opportunities for title issues to come up or more importantly, um, debts that they were not aware of. Mm. IRS tax liens, state tax liens, child support liens, solar panel liens that we had talked about in the last segment. Yeah. Um, there are occasions where people are not aware that these debts have matured and ripened to a place where they're now a lien against the title and they need to be settled as part of the closing. Even credit card debts, Emilio, can ripen to a Medical. place. Medical, absolutely. So these are all bills that people are like, oh yeah, I know I'm going to walk away with about $25,000 and I've got all these things I'm planning to pay. Mm -hmm. But if all of those debts are accruing against the title and have interest and penalties and attorney's fees, those numbers can really overshadow any kind of profit margin they were otherwise expecting to make. And that can really sideline their transaction to a point where instead of getting money, you now owe money. Or they can also stall the transaction mm-hmm. where now you are throwing money out of pocket to pay for another month of mortgage, Absolutely. taxes, insurance. <sighs> All right. So you got the bills. Now, what about if it wasn't recorded properly? Let's talk about that. You had a, we had a nightmare one where there was like five different kids on all parts of the country. Mm-hmm. One was 
dead. Yep. What it- yep. There's all sorts of title issues and having any kinds of probate matters or even just having, you know, multiple sellers that are in various parts of the country that weren't even contemplated as sellers. Yeah. You know, now you've got to go back. You've got to modify the listing agreements, the purchase and sales agreements, just trying to locate these parties so that they can sign the respective Nightmare. deeds. Uh, not, not only is it a nightmare, it costs money. It costs time. So those are things that when you're finding that out, what's the average? Two weeks before the closing? Yeah, that can totally, completely sideline the entire deal. And it makes it for a really a fire drill that yeah. nobody wants to experience. It's not comfortable for the buyers. It's not comfortable for the sellers. It's sure not comfortable for any of us. It costs a ton of money when you don't do it right. And, and I know there's some title companies that are looking back 40 years. Mm -hmm. We just had one. They looked back 35 years and the deal blew apart Yeah, because it wasn't recorded correctly. Deal fell apart and I'm like, oh man. So now we have to go back on the market, relist it. You know what it looks like when a house goes on the market, off the market, on the market? Not good. It looks like there's problems. It's not good. Yep. Not good. So you're going to want to make sure you do a preliminary title check. So, So few people do this. Right, we encourage our sellers to do it. Absolutely, link up with a local attorney and do a preliminary title check. It's very inexpensive. I mean, if it's under a couple hundred bucks, absolutely, it's worth its weight in gold. Awesome. Thanks, Melissa. Thank you. Great information, Melissa. Thank you so much to Melissa Delena and all of her crew at Delena Law. And uh, we're going to be right back here with Mike Auger with Patriot Home Inspections coming up talking about what you need to do and what you shouldn't do with that property inspection report. I'm Emilio Despirito. This is the Despirito Team Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. Now back to the Despirito Team Real Estate Show on News Radio 920 and 104.7 FM. Also available as a podcast on iHeartRadio. Hey, what's going on? Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm Emilio Despirito. This is the Despirito Team Real Estate Show, and we are on the line with no other than Mike Auger, the owner of Patriot Home Inspections. And by the way, this is your show all about real estate, the ins and the outs of buying, selling, investing, holding, what to do in between. Mike Auger, welcome back to the show, my friend. Hey, thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure, sir. Um, I know that you wanted to cover, you know, the experience, the buying experience, and what a buyer should and shouldn't do with a home inspection report. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. So, I mean, we got a couple of points I want to hammer home to our buyers, especially new buyers on the through the process, as mm-hmm. far as how you can be an effective buyer and get the most out of your home inspection and home inspection report. You're paying a few hundred bucks for this inspection. You're paying for information and a service, and you want to really capitalize on that. Sure. So, as you know, a good home inspector is going to be a little bit busy. So it starts with, and turn up your uh, turn up your volume on your radio, folks at home. Hurry up and call the home inspector as soon as you get a purchase and sale agreement signed. Hundred percent. Okay. Home inspectors are busy. You've got a limited window to get this done. If you wait three, four, five days, it might get to a point where you. You go online, you do your research, you find a guy that you like, and you call, and they're booked out beyond your contingency date. So you go to your second guy or your third guy, and sometimes you're like four or five guys in, and that's not really even your guy anymore, and you settle for somebody that you really didn't want to hire because you can't have nobody. So hurry up and get on the phone, get on the Internet. We have plenty of ways to get in touch with us. Call right away. Yep. Yep, absolutely. It's huge. Um, every day I get phone calls from people that waited and they, you know, Hey, we need you out there. Can you get out there in the next two days? 
if, you, if you're not lucky enough to have cold knee when somebody else's deal fell through, I'm not going to be able to get to you in two days. So get on the phone quickly. That said, do your research as well. Go online, look at Yelp reviews, look at Google reviews, call a few guys, talk to them, make sure that your personality is going to match with them and make sure they're the right choice for you. So that way you have the best experience with that home inspector. Mm-hmm. So that's before we even get to the inspection. All right, so now that you've done that, you've called right away, you've got the guy that you want, you've got a guy that's going to work with you well and somebody you can, you can, uh, you can mesh with, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, every personality is not right for everybody. And you get to the inspection. All right, this is important. Pay attention to the home inspector during the inspection. We encourage you to follow us around, ask questions. We'll be pointing a million things out, and I don't expect you to remember everything. Neither does any other home inspector out there. We're going to be taking it all down and putting it in the report. Mm-hmm. But pay attention during the inspection. Ask loads of questions. Make sure you know everything about the house. Then the report will just kind of substantiate that, and it'll be easier to digest. Now these home inspection reports are super big, and people tend to gloss over them. But if you were there paying attention at the inspection, and then you get a 65-page report, it'll, it'll kind of ring those bells and make sense and it'll be easier for you to kind of assimilate that information and make sense of it. Absolutely. So definitely pay attention. Mm-hmm. I know you want to measure rooms and <laughs> what kids going to get in what room and everything, which is important, but during the inspection, pay attention to the inspection. Mike, that's a solid point and I just want to interject. I tell all agents that start or that are newer, even seasoned agents, follow a reputable home inspector around during the inspection. We tell our clients to do the same thing because that's at the point in time where you can learn how that home works. And you've done a particularly great job of educating our clients how furnaces work, how the you know plumbing works, this and that. So they know what to look for if there's not an issue now, later on down the road. You're giving them an education. Yeah, we're teaching them how their new house works, especially for somebody who hasn't owned a house mm. before. You get somebody that's lived in the apartments the whole time. They don't know what any of this stuff is. No. As far as they're concerned, they're big metal things in the basement. Well, you should know <laughs> how they work. You should know signs of, hey, this is not acting right. I think Mike said, when this kind of does this, it means that we need to have this happen, or this means it's getting to the end of its life, or whatever. So definitely follow around and pay attention. Absolutely. And like you said, the same goes for agents that haven't been in a lot of houses. Um, agents like yourself who have been doing this for several years now, um, look, you've been in thousands and thousands of houses, so you've seen a lot of this before, but a new agent who maybe has only been in the industry for, you know, a couple of years, they have, you know, seen a lot less houses. They don't know what these different systems are. So it's a good way for them to learn, even for other, other properties down the road. Yeah, you better believe it. And, and you know, you become an informed agent. You, you're walking into properties with other buyers. You know what to look for. You know, oh, hey, that's, that's asbestos over there, or those are asbestos tiles, or, hey, that might be lead paint over there. Or, look, it looks like there's, you know, some efflorescence in the basement. We should look for, you know, some, some increased humidity or some water coming in. These are all things that are, add such huge value to your buyers. And. And, and your sellers, if you're going to list a house well, as course, a real estate yeah. agent, Absolutely. you can say, hey, you know what? I've seen this come up on 10 different inspections. I know this is a hurdle I'm going to have to cross. Why wait till after the inspection to get working on it? Mm-hmm. Huge advocate of doing pre-list home inspections. Absolutely. That it's a huge. 81% of our clients do it. We've calculated it, and they've earned 5% more when selling. I mean, the numbers don't lie. It's there. Go ahead, Mike. Sorry. It's, it's huge, and that's a whole show in itself. Um it is. The, the, the last part about being an effective buyer is 
You have to understand what my job is as a home inspector, is to inform and educate this, this potential buyer about everything in the house. Tell them everything that's wrong. Tell them how the house works. Tell them what things might be going wrong or getting to the end of their life and need repair in the future. However, you've got to understand, unless you're buying a brand-new construction house, you're not buying a perfect house. So yeah. there's a few things you've got to keep in mind. Some people get to their, their repair request after the inspection, and they're like, well, my inspector called out 59 things. I want them to fix everything. Yeah, That's not very likely. If you ask them to fix everything or you ask for more money off the price than that stuff really costs to repair, you're likely to get somebody that's not even going to negotiate with you. They might just tell you to walk and go find another buyer, and then you lost your house being a little bit greedy. So yeah. you've got to pay attention to what you're asking for. You've got to stick to the important things. Stick to the things that are going to cause damage or be unsafe or make it difficult for you to, to insure or, or finance the house in some cases. So don't, don't go overboard with the repair request. I mean, certainly, as, as a real estate agent, your job is to kind of help them guide, excuse me, help guide them through that part of the negotiation process. But, you know, you can understand they're not going to fix every single thing. No. And in my experience, <laughs> in probably years two, when you get a repair request and the person just sticks to their guns because they can ask for what you want, I suppose, and they say, we want you to fix every single thing on here in this, you know, old three-family house. No. Well, they bring us back sometimes to do reinspections, and we find when people tell them they're going to fix everything, they're less likely to fix anything. So stick to the important things. And some of the other stuff that's kind of borderline cosmetic or you can let it go for a little bit and it's not really going to ruin anything, generally leave that stuff off the list. A hundred percent, man. Well said. You know, if listen, guys, if you're not following Mike Auger on social media, you should really do so. You can go ahead and Google you know, uh, Patriot Home Inspections Facebook. Go ahead, follow that link, or cl- that link, or you can go to homeinspectorri.com and uh, find all the information, the resources that Mike. You know, so uh, so so. Um, I, I, I'm lost for words, but he just provides this information so well. Mike, thank you so much, Mike, with Patriot Home Inspections. Thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure. You too, bud. On the line with us, we've got the one, the only local celebrity, Jennifer Jaybirth, rblogger.com. What's up, Jennifer? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Great, thank you. Um, good. All kinds of things. It's October, which is exciting. Um, first and foremost, Home Care Assistance of Rhode Island has teamed up with a contemporary theater company in Wakefield um, to bring awareness to dementia with an improv series on Thursdays from 10 a.m. to 11.30 um, it's actually at the theater in Wakefield, and it's the 10th, the 17th, and the 24th. And it's an out-of-the-box way to improve our communication with persons with dementia and those showing cogn- cognitive impairment. Um, so it's for anyone who's experienced it or living with the experience, family, friends, and just to support the community. Um, it's just a, a new way to understand it. Nice. The 53rd Annual Situate Arts Festival, which I go to every year, um, will take place October 12th to the 14th on the Village Green in North Situate. Mm-hmm. It's a three-day juried art extravaganza. On the weekend features fine art, antiques, crafts, regional food, live music, raffles, and much more. So it's a great um, way to celebrate fall, and it's always, you know, beautiful leaf peeping as well. Super scenic over there. Absolutely beautiful. you got to drive through Situate, one of the prettiest places in Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. It is. Every time I drive through, I'm like, this is where I should move. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we can help you move right. there. I was just going to say. No problem. Yeah. yeah. 
the Federal Hill Columbus Day Festival will take place October 12th to the 14th on Federal Hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, the festival features four entertainment stages, dozens of food and retail vendors, the annual parade, which is on Sunday. Um, there'll be games, amusement rides, and so much more. So it's family fun for all ages. Yeah, great food, obviously, um, all weekend long. Another family fun day is Sunday, October 13th at Burlingame Family Festival um, right at the Burlingame State Park in Charlestown. It's a family-focused event that features live music, storytelling, food trucks, face painting, an all-ages art contest, giveaways, and admission is free with a donation of non-perishable food um, or $4 per car load, which goes to the Rhode Island Community Food Bank. So either way, it's a great cause and a great day. And last but not least, you can celebrate Oktoberfest in Portsmouth, Rhode Island at Island Park. Um, start at Thriving Tree Coffee House and enjoy a solid day of beer, food, and live music. And Ragged Island is the beer sponsor, so you can expect some great local beer all day long. Awesome. And, um, yeah, so just all kinds of fun Octobery things. So much to do. If you're looking for Octobery things, you can go to <laughs> riblogger.com and find more than your fair share. You won't even know what to do. You don't even, you'll be like, all right, there's really a lot going on here in Rhode Island I did not realize. Good stuff. Jennifer Jaber, we appreciate you very much. Jennifer with riblogger.com. Check it out, riblogger.com. Follow them on Facebook as well if you are not. And uh, check out the website. Jen, thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great week. You're welcome. You too. Awesome. What a great show today. We're always so blessed to be here. Thank you. Huge thank you to Christina, our producer, keeping me on my toes here, making sure you know I do what I do what I need to do, and she does what she needs to do. Thank you so much. Appreciate you being here. Bill, our station manager, Melissa Delano with Delano Law, Jennifer Jaber, riblogger.com, Michael Auger with Patriot Home Inspections, the entire Despirito team that supports this, uh, Dove Media Group, as well as you, our listeners, most importantly, our listeners, keeping the show alive and thriving. I'm Emilio Despirito with the Despirito team at Home Smart Professionals. Thank you so much. God bless you. We'll be back here next week.